Ladies and gentlemen, fourth and trollers, welcome back to fourth and troll fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we are back after a wild week five. We saw a lot of things happening starting on Thursday night with Bears and Commanders and going all the way down until Monday night with Packers versus Raiders. Tons of good games, tons of big performances. And we're going to break it all down for you on today's episode. It's going to be a good time. First thing, though, Wes, how's it going? Let's get a let's get a post week five report. How are your teams doing in fantasy? You know, I am not four in one in any league, and okay. I am not one and four or zero oh and five in any league. I'm kind of middle okay. of the pack right now on everything. I kind of got smacked in all but the trollers league uh, follow from from week five. So I did find, but there is always. I think I played at least one player from our hyped up segment in every single league. Uh, it was, yeah. it was, it took a beating, but you know, my team is solid enough to still be a top contender in all my leagues. How are you doing? How are your teams holding up so far? Yeah, teams are doing all right. Obviously, I had a little bit of a rant last week, took another loss in, uh, in our, in our main league this week, had some, some real bad performances from Kyron Williams and James Cook and Romeo Dobbs. Uh, but my opponent definitely had a yeah. great squad this week, put up over 150 points. So, can't complain mm-hmm. too much there. It's definitely not easy. I will say it's uh it's a new feeling for me because uh in my work league, which is um I will say, not to flex, but it is my highest uh highest payout league that we have. It is a uh it is a five hundred dollar pot at the end of the season, which is pretty cool. Shout out to my company there, matched everyone's buy-in, so that was pretty cool. Wow! Uh, as as part of just the fun of bringing people together and whatnot. I'm five and zero in that league. It's dude. pretty sweet, dude. It's pretty exciting dude. to be five and zero there. It's pretty awesome. Run down your Jaylen team Hurts. just a little bit. Here, oh, go, you're doing it now. Up. Yeah, I'll pull it up. Jalen Hurts. I got Jalen Hurts. Uh, had a pretty good week. I've, uh, I've got well, so I've got the my my team name in that league is uh is Philly Cheese Stack. I've got oh, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown leading up the team there. Yeah, <clears throat> and then I've got Kyron Williams and James Cook, who besides this week, pretty been pretty Doing solid. Well. I've also got Puka Nakua. I've got Travis Kelsey. I've got Jordan Addison. Jake Moody, Dolphins defense this week, and then I had Keenan Allen on a bye week. I usually have the Cowboys defense in there. I've got Romeo Dobbs and Tank Dell, Miles Sanders on the bench. Liking the squad. Not too shabby. Liking the The squad. It's been pretty good. Right weeks, right matchups. I can see how that's 5-0. Good for you. Yeah, it's been pretty – I've had had some pretty huge games from people. My, My lowest scoring week was 126 points in week one. Ooh. And since then, I went 148 points, 151 points, 197 points in week four, <laughs> and then 141 this week in week five. The team, it's I've been saying to all my wow. all my coworkers, it's I've never put together a team like this, and so I, it's it's feel it feels pretty good to be five and zero. It's exciting, but besides that, that is very cool. Shout out to one of our uh, our listeners in the Trollers League. Harrison, he and I had a had a matchup this week that I won scoring like 104 points. 
just because oh he had a he had a tough tough go with bye weeks this week some tough starts to make multiple players with zeros so i'm somehow three and two in that league after trading away garrett wilson uh after week one after losing nick chubb and uh yeah after miles sanders not being what i wanted him to be it's i'm somehow three and two i've made it three and two so we're holding strong there you're you're holding holding it together we Winning are record. We are. And it's uh and we move on. We move on. We have more weeks and we look for more wins there. But hey, we have an awesome show for you guys today. Tons of big performances to talk about. Some fluke for real to go over. Waiver wire, obviously, and then a little bit of Thursday night football preview with an AFC West battle that we're looking forward to. Before we jump into all of that, though, make sure you're following us on all our social media below. We're dropping clips all the time. Some of them go viral. Some of them come back to bite us. We have fun with it no matter what it is. We're going to talk about that in a little bit for sure. Make sure you're following us all down there. And uh, and while you're there, subscribe, ring the bell, drop a comment, let us know how you did this week, where you're at with all your leagues. And let's jump into the news because there's some things to talk about. Someone got paid this weekend <coughs> out of nowhere. Let's talk about it because there's uh, some things to discuss. Yes, that player that got paid is Jonathan Taylor, who signed a three-year extension for $42 million running back dollars, making him one of the highest paid in the position in the NFL. Of course, we got to see a little bit of game action, but of course, another running back performed very well. So we'll see. And we'll talk about that in our fluker for real. But he got paid. Seems like things are okay there in Indianapolis between JT, Jim Irsay, and the rest of the Colts organization. Speaking of the Colts organization, they're going to be without Anthony Richardson for at least next week. They are already flirting with the idea that he's going to be placed on IR because in his throwing shoulder he suffered an ac joint sprain i think he left before halftime he's for sure out next week Gardner Minshew is going to start and we'll see just how long he will be the starting quarterback for the Colts. that definitely changes a lot of that offense especially with how often they call Richardson to run and their play calling couple of injuries to track so far we don't have any complete timelines for these big time players so keep a tab on them starting with Daniel Jones who suffered a neck injury against the Miami Dolphins he was ruled out at the end of that game probably because they were also losing pretty bad they are optimistic that they that he will be able to play for Monday night but keep a tab on that keep a tab also on Travis Kelsey who's playing Thursday night we'll talk about the Chiefs on our Thursday night preview he suffered a low ankle sprain did go back in the game but they're going to monitor the situation because if they practice monday he would have sat out and would have been not on did not practice uh, officially so obviously with what he already dealt with and missed week one they're going to keep a very close eye on how he does james connor left with a knee injury on sunday as well he's expected to miss quote a little bit of time That sounds like multiple weeks. It definitely sounds like he's missing next week. The running back, his name is Amari DeMarcado. I believe that's how it's pronounced. He is the running back fill-in for Shrug. They got close enough. Close enough pronunciation. uh, My guess was DeMarcado, but I also was just going DeMarcado, uh, DeMarcado. So I have no idea. Can someone type in the the comments? (laughs) Yeah. 
Cardinals running back too. Could you someone phonetically type it out in the comments? <laughs> Let us know how we're supposed to pronounce that. But anyway, you've probably seen him on the top waiver wire ads of the week. He's going to fill in for James Conner while he's out. Justin Jefferson suffered a hamstring injury, and there's no official update on what that looks like. It is plausible that he misses this week. They're awaiting tests to have any kind of confirmation made by the time you're hearing this. You'll know, but we'll definitely talk about it Thursday or Friday morning, rather. Last piece here, Devon Achan also apparently sustained a knee injury on Sunday against the Giants game. They're also waiting for further evaluation to see if there's any kind of setback for him. That's it for the news. Let's jump into hyped up and let down from a pretty good week five, my guy. Pretty exciting week five. And you know, we got to start out here with Jamar Chase. We come out, we drop a take, we drop a TikTok. 55,000 people see it and tell us we're all insane because we're saying, hey, Joe Burrow looks bad. We don't know when he's going to be healthy again, and that's affecting the offense, and Jamar Chase looks bad. You should trade him away. What, I don't know. Should we trade him for Jalen Waddle? Will we trade him for Jacoby Myers in a piece? And then we go out on the limb there and drop the hot take that, hey, I think we would trade Jamar Chase for Nico Collins right now. And, oh, boy, y'all had words to say. Apparently so, Jamar Chase. Uh. 52.2 fantasy points, 15 catches on 19 targets, 192 yards and three touchdowns, 19 targets. I think Joe Burrow heard him say, I'm always open. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, he threw him the ball so much. It was pretty ridiculous to watch. And, Wes, we, we could do nothing but laugh about it. I mean, as the game went on, as people came at us and people came back to the TikTok and, you know, took their victory laps, we just – guys, the irony – Yeah, it's just the timing <laughs> is ridiculous. It's just – the whole, the whole reason was because we thought Joe Burrow's calf injury was serious. And then after they get blown out by Tennessee the week before, he's like, I didn't, you know, my calf is fine now. It's like, I don't know. Did you check the scoreboard? Looks pretty bad to me. That's where we came from. We just thought, so, was it worth waiting? And oh my gosh, it's the best stat line of the season. Yeah, It's the it, most it, it points anybody scored. <laughs> just ridiculous. The irony of a career fantasy game for Jamar Chase the the week after we drop that take is honestly hilarious and you know we take the l we hold the l here we live by our takes we die by our takes it's pretty funny what if he and saw so, it i know yeah what if jamar chase saw that and he was just 55 000 like, people saw the tiktok maybe he was like oh okay okay all right yeah. he shows joe he's like I'm, yeah i mean apparently after the game he tweets out 7 11 just always like the gas open, station because he's always open. Always open. What a performance for Jamar Chase. It was just, I mean, if you hold if you held on to him, congratulations. You're you're excited. And hopefully there's some more of that to come. We're gonna talk about Joe Burrow and uh Fluker for real because there's some conversation to be had there as well. But another guy hyped up, Travis Etienne on a Sunday morning in London. 36.4 fantasy points. He was a freaking beast. Two touchdowns, 136 yards, four catches for 48. I mean, there's still time for a late late season rookie performance to come through, but I think I was too worried about Tank Bigsby. Travis Etienne seems like he's he's a freaking 
really good fantasy football running back. Yeah. He we hasn't worried, got the respect he maybe deserves. We need to be. Yeah. Hopefully this starts it up because, I mean, as 36.4. There you go. Hopefully he helped you win your week. Another guy in that game, Josh Allen. More Josh Allen things. 31.8, 359 yards and two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. The team looked bad. But Josh Allen did his thing, and obviously he connected with Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs. They had good games. We'll talk about his running back here in a little bit, too. Tyreek Hill, 32.1 fantasy points, eight catches, 181 yards, and a touchdown doing Tyreek Hill things on a football field. That's all we can expect now. He's a beast. He could have gone 101. There you go. Hey, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor getting the contract. Mm. He's ready to come back and ball out, right? How about 15% of snaps in his first game back after getting a massive, massive contract for a running back? And you know who took those snaps away from him was Zach Moss. 33.5 fantasy points against this incredible Titans run defense. 23 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns. Brought in a couple balls for 20 yards as well in the air. I was watching Red Zone. They cut to Indianapolis. They show, I'm like, I'm like kind of looking away for a second. And I look back up and it's, oh, Colts running back. Jonathan Taylor's back, maybe taking off for a 50-yard touch, all this stuff. And I look and I go, what? <laughs> Zach yeah. Moss? What are we doing here? Zach Moss. I don't know what looking we're going to do. We're going to talk this. about him in a little bit. Yeah, but this is just something very interesting. A couple of quarterbacks, Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. 33.4 and 34 points. Jared Goff, man. 236 yards, three touchdowns without a Monroe St. Brown. Gets in the end zone on a QB sneak. Has a fantastic fantasy day for you if you are a Jared Goff owner. I was expecting this to be more of a ground and pound game with David Montgomery, especially when Jameer Gibbs got ruled out. David Montgomery had a fine day, but Jared Goff. Solid fantasy performance for you. And Brock Purdy, 34 fantasy points, 252 yards, and four touchdowns. We texted about it during the game. I was ready for this Dallas defense to give the 49ers offense a little bit of a humbling. Oh, boy. It It is a shame that we did not see the 49ers in the Super Bowl last year. And I think they are... They are gunning for it this year. 5-0. and oh. Shanahan's got them on an incredible pace here. Brock Purdy. I mean, he's just... I. You don't think of him to be the, the, the big guy, but he's doing incredible stuff. He's doing Something incredible stuff. Working. He's got a great cast around him. His there was a stat man. they talked it's about. Good. Yeah, there's a stat. They said on the broadcast that uh, Shanahan talked about it, and then uh, who calls Sunday night? Tariko. Tariko and Collinsworth talked about it as well. They talked to him, and when you t- they said when you talk to Brock Purdy, he just kind of stares blankly, and then you, you'll stop talking, and Shanahan says he'll stop talking, and he'll, he'll finish saying what he needs to say to him, and he'll go, got it? And, and Purdy will sit there for a second and go, all right, got it, cool. And then and then and then that's it. Something he it's the mind. Something in his mind. He knows football huh. and he gets it. So he's killing it. Other random stat I'm going to throw in here real quick. Sure. Every single reception that Brandon Ayuk has had this year has either gone for a first down or a touchdown. Unreal. Brandon Ayuk in this 49ers offense. He is clearly the number one receiver in this team. I love that. The guy. best skill player to have besides Christian McCaffrey. Far beyond like bar none. 
There you go. Boom. Done. That's it for Hyped Up. Let's get let down a little bit. I talked about it. James Cook, 5.1 fantasy points, five carries for negative four yards. Bad game for James Cook. I felt it in multiple leagues. It was disappointing. I think it was game script. They were down early. They had to figure some stuff out. But give credit to the Jaguars. They, They were not opening up the lanes there. Hard to get going on the ground when you only get five carries, but they just didn't have an opportunity to run the football. So it is what it is. He's still clearly the lead back. He's still getting 65-plus percent of the snaps. He's still the guy. But definitely a down week. Maybe a buy-low option right now if you're a little bit worried about uh, – if you're a little mm-hmm. bit worried about one of your running backs, maybe you're losing James Conner. Maybe you go after James Cook. There you go. <sighs> Next guy we're going to talk about here. We were let down by Lamar Jackson. 9.9 fantasy points. I support and stand with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I am so mm. sorry that for what your skill players did to you this week. Seven drops by the Baltimore Ravens skill players. Two of yeah. them in the end zone. Mark Andrews drops a touchdown. Very next player, Rashad Bateman drops a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar yeah. has a ball go straight through his hands on a beautifully thrown deep ball touchdown. Would have been like a 40 or 50-yard touchdown for Lamar Jackson. Zay Flowers has a couple drops. Zay Flowers falls down like on a deep pass. It was just yeah. disappointing. And Lamar Jackson paid the price. And Lamar Jackson owners paid the price. Lamar had a fantastic game. Was throwing the ball so well. 22 for 38, 236 yards. So disappointing for Lamar Jackson owners. We're sorry. His skill players yeah. let him down and let you down this week. It is so the disappointing. Only, the only thing that I am glad about is my girlfriend said, if Lamar Jackson wins me this week, I want you to buy me a jersey. And I'm glad <laughs> I don't have to spend the money. Holy crap. Sheesh. <laughs> so I can take this week. I can, t- we can take the L hey, together. Thanks, I'll Lamar. console her. Yeah, because like he was on a roll after week one, and she was like, yeah. I think I really like Lamar Jackson. And I was like, yeah, he's great. So yeah, he's that's good. the only kind of silver lining I have <laughs> from this week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Another couple guys here. Bijan Robinson, only 11.8 fantasy points on Sunday. Obviously, the Falcons get the win. Desmond Ritter actually looks pretty good in this game, which was surprising. Like It was very strange yeah. to watch. Real quick. Yeah. He only had two catches. Yeah. But one of those catches was one of the coolest catches I've ever seen. Dude, it was so when, sick. When he catches footballs, they literally stick to his hand. Yeah. And he's doing it one-handed. Like the ball here, uh, this is the football now. This freaking thing is my football, all right? Okay. It's just one-handed, just boom. And then he just runs. He doesn't like catch it one-handed and like bring it in. It's so just, good. And he just keeps going. It's the yeah. coolest thing ever. He's incredible. I love yeah, him. He's, he's incredible. I don't know if you saw the – it went around on social media on Monday. The overhead angle of that one play. I don't know if you saw that. I'll send it to you. If you guys haven't no. seen it, go try and find it. It's so cool watching his touchdown. It Freaking awesome. So, so cool. Bijan Robinson, a little bit of a letdown. It's all good, though. He'll have better days. CJ Stroud and Nico Collins. CJ Stroud is 16.16 fantasy points. 6.9 fantasy points for Nico Collins. Listen, 
Bummer day for C.J. Stroud as a fantasy quarterback. He still looked awesome, guys. 20 for 35, 249 yards and a touchdown. No picks still. <laughs> he brought them back. He brought them back. I heard someone joking about it today. C.J. Stroud made the comeback, and then they go, hey, you, you, you gave Desmond Ritter too much time. You can't give Desmond Ritter that much time. <laughs> it's just like, never give him time. You never give Ritter that much time. But it was Especially at home. Games. Forget it. Yeah, disappointing games from C.J. and Nico. And then Devontae Adams, just 8.5 points, only four targets on Monday Night Football. Jacoby Myers definitely had him out targeting it. Maybe there's a favorite target there in Las Vegas, and I'm excited to be a Jacoby Myers owner. And uh, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Some guys that let us down, though, definitely let downs. Now let's jump into Fluker for real because we got to do a little more analysis here on these guys, starting with the duo in Cincinnati, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Listen, here's the thing with Jamar Chase, 52.2. I'm not going to say fluke or for real because that's definitely a ceiling play. That I mean, if he had another game like that this year, I'd go, yeah, that's Jamar Chase. There you go. Well, huh, yeah. he, he did it again. Probably not going to probably going to be his best game of the year. Maybe maybe the best game of the next three years. Who knows? Incredible game for Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow, twenty nine point four fantasy points, thirty six for forty six, three hundred and seventeen yards and three touchdowns. He's back. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> back. I. Look, I, I want. Yeah. I wanted to. I wanted I'm to. Back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. So, here's here's the only thing I want to mention. Yep. Only 125 yards of his 300 plus yards did not go to Jamar Chase. Right. But is that a problem? No, I don't think so. Because yeah, two. Two Otonga Bailoa owners have no problem that Tyreek Hill is, is amassing 180 plus yards of right. Tua's total passing yards. Uh, Kirk Cousins owners aren't upset when Justin Jefferson gets 150 yards. That's what it is. That's what happens. We right. have the best wide receiver in the NFL. Arguably, it's Jamar Chase. Right. And I th- I think it's I think Burroughs calf is just fine. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow you- it really is fine. Did you see the play? The the, the the scrambling around and finding Jamar Chase on the sideline play? Uh, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, BS, you have a calf injury, dude. I was like, no shot. Dude. I was like, this looks like freaking Lamar Jackson scrambling around back here. What are we doing? Like, it was, yeah. it was pretty awesome. I've got a stat, and I meant to have it in my notes, and I didn't write it down from my phone, and I'm going to find it real quick because... Next gen stats puts together like a yards traveled, even like not like necessarily positive rushing yards or anything like that, but like moving around, like how much you moved around, how many yards you traveled on the ground in the game. And Joe Burrow, weeks three and four combined, had 97 yards traveled between those two games, just 97 yards moving around, combined. trying to get his find space for a pass. In week five, he had 106 alone. In week five, he's wow. back. He 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 feels he must be feeling good. He walked in, in a baller sweater that Kid Cuddy dressed him in, and my goodness, he looked good. He played good. He felt good because thirty fantasy points is. 
I think he's back. I think he's here to stay. And uh, and 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 maybe maybe you want to sell high. Maybe you maybe there's somebody who's really buying in on Burrow again or whatever. Maybe I don't know. But uh, I'm thinking Burrow's back here, and and I think he's I think he's here to stay. Hard to Jamar argue. Chase should be good. And hey, and they get T Higgins back, should be even better. Huh. So there you go. Should huh. should be a fun time there with a full fleet of weapons. I already mentioned him a little bit, and I mentioned his quarterback. But Gabe Davis, 22 points. He was my dud. For week, for week five, 22 fantasy points. This is only his second game this season with more than three catches. Six catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. His fourth straight game with a touchdown. Is Gabe Davis just going to score 15 touchdowns this year? Like, is it like, <laughs> is this what we're working with with Gabe Davis? Because maybe it is. Like, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, Gabe Davis at this point, I feel is a, if you're a Gabe Davis owner, I feel like he is a comfortable flex play for you every week now. I think he has to. That's how I'll I'll categorize it. If you already own Gabe Davis, for real, and roll him yeah. out for this boom-bust potential that he has, he's been booming for right. a few weeks. If you don't have Gabe Davis, don't try to trade for him. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's not that kind of a play. Yeah. I would, I mean, it's too late now probably to trade for Jacoby Myers, but that's somebody yeah. that I would roll into my flex option and be very comfortable with. But Gabe Davis, if you own him, great. If you don't, I'm sure you've got another great flex option as well. But yeah, yeah. for real, for the owners. Yeah, for real. Calvin Ridley, 20.6 fantasy points, had a bounce back game. We all were worried if we had gotten bamboozled after week one with this Jaguars <laughs> offense. Calvary, really 20.6, eight targets, seven catches for 122 yards. Had a couple of end-around plays for 14 rushing yards. Where are you at on this, Wes? For real. Because I yeah. believed in, in Ridley in the offseason, and I saw what happened in week one, and it looked like the yeah. ball got spread thin the last couple of weeks, but... I still am under the impression that Calvin Ridley is the favorite target, and especially as the season goes on, especially as you beat the Buffalo Bills, Mm -hmm. I think Ridley is – this is probably going to be a a great game for Calvin Ridley's standards. But I think you'll be fine in in that 15 to 20-point range for Ridley more often than not. Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. And I don't think it's coincidence that the three games they've won this year that he has been involved. He has played a serious role. I know last week against the Falcons in London wasn't a huge game for Ridley, but he scores the touchdown. He's involved in the offense. Three wins, three games where Ridley's involved. I think they're going to prioritize him and, and make sure he's involved. And I think maybe I think I think there are probably three or four pass catchers in this offense. You might be able to roll out as a flex play at worst. I mean, Zay Jones is a threat to score touchdowns. Christian Kirk seems like the PPR play. Evan Ingram is getting tons of targets. He had his first kind of eh week this week, but Evan Ingram's still pretty much a safety net for for Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Evan Ingram dropped a, had a, had a, nearly had a touchdown in the London game as well. So. Jaguars offense, I think, is going to be okay. I think we're going to be all right. Trevor Lawrence had a good game for NFL standards. Fantasy, not so much, but it was still good to see. Yeah. Another guy to talk about here, Zach Moss. Mm. What are we doing? I, I, I feel foolish because I was a Zach Moss owner in a league. And when the news came out that Taylor was coming back and and then the, he signed the contract, I, I'll be honest, like, 
I dropped Zach Moss. I dropped him because oh. I was like, well, this isn't going to happen. I still won in the league where I where I had him and then I had dropped him. But it was – no, I, I, I would be shocked if anyone played Zach Moss outside of like a desperation play. With the news of Jonathan Taylor going against the Titans defense, I mean – I don't know what we're doing here. I, it's going to be hard for me to think that this kind of production will continue, but I think he could still have a role. Maybe there's a bit more of a tandem for the next couple weeks, but but ultimately I think West, both of us agree that Jonathan Taylor is just going to feast. Yeah, I see this as a surprising tandem for a little bit, but... Yeah. As we've learned with David Montgomery, when you give the bag <laughs> to a running back, they yeah. will take the bulk of the carries. And perhaps this was just a coaching decision by Steichen to say, maybe maybe it was even more beyond just let's make sure he's truly healthy. Let's not overwork him. You know, the way that Robert Sala announced that Brees Hall was on a pitch count up until week five and Brees Hall completely dominated when they finally let him loose. Maybe that's what happened in Indianapolis. And they said, let's get you just back into the action a little bit and see what happens. But I do anticipate that in a couple of weeks, maybe even just two, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the bull cow that he bell cow (laughs) bell cow that he was previous two years. So for now, Zach Moss, Maybe a flex option. Maybe. But he's done too well for the Colts to not consider him. That's the last point I'll I'll add. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And you think about uh, Shane Steichen, the running backs they used in Philly when he was there as the offensive coordinator. Moss Moss could have some some matchup dependent, maybe a flex value, something like that as the season goes on. But there will be a lead guy and it will be Jonathan Taylor. So there you go. Someone who might be losing their lead job is Derrick Henry because Tajay Spears, 16.9 fantasy points, seven carries for 34 yards and touchdown, four catches for 35 yards. I'm starting to think this is for real. I'm starting to suspect that somebody somewhere in the Titans front office is saying, look, we got to see what we have in this rookie we drafted because we're not winning. With Derrick Henry, I remember clearly a, a a good friend of mine who was a Raiders fan when John Gruden was the head coach there the second time, and they trade away Khalil Mack to try to get some good picks, and everyone's like, "Hey, what are you thinking?" And he goes, "Well, we're not winning with him, so let's see what yeah. we can do in the future." And I think. I think there's there were remember there were some trade speculations in the offseason of what yep. may happen to Derrick Henry. Fluker for real for Tajay Spears this week or for like next week, fluke. Don't start him next week. But maybe put him into like your waiver priorities and yeah. see if you can get him or maybe get him Wednesday morning after the waivers have gone through. Don't maybe spend a, a priority or fab on him in that kind of way, but yeah. Tide may be shifting over here in Tennessee. It may be, yeah. I'll just go snap share for Derrick Henry, 59%. For Tajay Spears, 53%. Spears outcarried him 13-7. to 
Derrick Henry had two more targets than him. Derrick Henry with five. Tajay Spears with three. I don't know. This is this is something this is something to watch here. This is something to watch for sure. We're gonna have to keep an eye on yeah. it. Another guy here in that same game, Josh Downs, a guy that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, 15.7 fantasy points with Gardner Minshew coming in as the quarterback for the next few weeks. Just take it away, Wes. Fluker for real. I love you, Josh Downs. Please like and subscribe <laughs> to Fourth Control and be on the show because I want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah that's for real. I love the guy. That is for real. And you, you as a rookie wide receiver are just shy of a hundred yards with two different quarterbacks yeah. in the center in that same game. Yeah, you're no joke. Six yeah. catches, six targets. It's not too bad. I know there's Michael Pittman on there, and they've got some other talented tight ends and other players to get the ball to. And Jonathan Taylor's back, but Josh Downs is no freaking joke. Yeah, this is for real. Yeah, if you're you're going to be in a spot here for the next few weeks, especially where Josh Downs is going to be extra and extremely attractive here to, for a a flex play in your lineup. Oh, he is so attractive! His, what a his, handsome guy! His success, <laughs> he's good. He's very good, bar none. His success in fantasy football kind of has coincided with when Gardner Minshew has been throwing the football. Anthony Richardson tends to instead of taking the short route. Move uses feet and go. He tends to look for Michael Pittman Jr. That's not usually what Gardner Minshew is going to do. Gardner Minshew enjoys finding the guy short and letting him do work. Josh Downs is that guy. This is for real. One more guy in that game, though. DeAndre Hopkins, 22 fantasy points, eight catches, 11 targets for 140 yards. He's reminding us that, hey, he's still nuke. He's still that guy. He looked really, really good. They lost. But 11 targets for DeAndre Hopkins is something for real here. What do we think with DeAndre Hopkins? I say so high. I say so yeah. high. Just because I, in. I, I, yeah, he will have enough games that whoever is he's traded to will feel fine about it. But this is my opinion. I think the Titans offense is spiraling down into a a near rebuild i mean i i have no i will not be surprised if in two weeks two weeks maybe we see will levis under center i will not be surprised if this is the kind of shift that we see Tannehill is is not going to help win for the titans anymore and obviously, the chai with Malik Willis and uh, uh, most people are better than Malik Willis at quarterback. And I and I, I literally know. mean like, in, in, yeah, in like the total population on the <laughs> earth. No disrespect, but that was totally disrespectful of me. I, I don't huge disrespect. Yeah. He's bad. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I just don't buy. I don't buy into Hopkins as a reliable fantasy option, not because I doubt him as a skill player whatsoever. If he went to any other team, if he went to the Chiefs like we had uh, considered in the offseason, even maybe if he even went to New England, I still would have thought there's still something there. But I'm yeah. so out on the Titans offense that I can't say this is for real. Yeah. He is for real, but... He's for real. This isn't for real. Little last piece here, just because I, I, I can't see... This might be his highest target game of the season. 11 targets. Yeah. It's, he hasn't been getting these kind of targets, and it just doesn't look very good. So 
fluky there with DeAndre Hopkins, maybe so high. Hey, Adam Thielen, stud for week five in my eyes, and hopefully everybody else's eyes now, because 27.7 fantasy points, 11 catches, 13 targets for 107 yards and a touchdown. It's for real, baby. It is so Dude, for real. <laughs> I I I cannot believe what's happening in Carolina. Yeah. Uh, mostly because they're just not not winning games, but mainly right. because Adam Thielen is playing so well here in fantasy football. I I went so into good. this <laughs> this off season just beating the drum that rookie quarterbacks or and first time starters are not helpful. Yeah. For the wide receivers and fantasies. And Insane. like look at Sam Howell and all the commanders. It's not working. Look at what it's like for uh Jordan Love. You've got up and down games for Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Nico Collins seems to be uh an Andrew Luck type quarterback. So I'll give the pass on that, but Stroud, but yeah. I mean, what did I say? Nico Collins? Nico is that Collins. what I just said? Nico Collins in the is world? probably oh, he's so good at football. He probably is as good as Andrew Luck, too. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. CJ Stroud yeah. has been like Andrew Luck. But Bryce Young is not playing well. And Adam and Thielen should be a lock <laughs> for the rest of the season. The wide he receiver should be locked nine. into I mean, he is he's playing better <laughs> than some of the players that were drafted in the, the second nine. round. Insane. You, insane. you have to sit here and consider, because, I mean, look, it went so viral last time. Let's do this again. Would you rather have Adam Thielen or Jalen Waddle? Would you rather have Adam Thielen or Devonta Smith? Right now, I'd stick with Adam Thielen because he's <laughs> dominating. 55K views. Yeah. Bring it back. Let's see what happens insane. next week. Run Devonta it, Smith, nine touchdowns. Yeah, run it back again. There you go. Uh, no, Adam Thielen is just playing lights out. I mean, this is a big reason why Hayden Hurst, so we talked about it a lot on the last episode, why Hayden Hurst was a top yes. 10 tight end candidate for me this year is because I knew Bryce Young needed to find somebody. And uh, I thought that would yeah. be Hayden Hurst. Turns out it's Adam Thielen. Gets the garbage time touchdown, but in fantasy football, that doesn't even matter. There you go. 27.7 oh, fantasy points. golden time touchdown. I know. Jaleel McLaughlin, running back, rookie running back for the Denver Broncos. Javante Williams ends up not playing. Jaleel McLaughlin and Samaje P. Ryan about split the work pretty much, but McLaughlin, nine carries for 68 yards, three catches for 21 yards, and a receiving touchdown, and an epic receiving touchdown, I will add. <laughs> yeah. The freaking catch was incredible. 17.9. And, and I'm going to say for real on this, actually. I, I think he actually has a chance to play his way into a legitimate role in this offense. He, he Javante Williams hasn't looked great. Samaj P. Ryan hasn't looked great. Jaleel McLaughlin has been the best-looking running back, especially over the last couple of weeks. And so I, I think there's a chance he might have legitimate value. I don't know. It's... Uh, I don't want very many Denver Broncos as it is, but Jaleel McLaughlin, I think, has has flex potential. You know, you know what this reminds me of, and it's such a shame because you know how big I was on on Javante Williams last year. I thought he was going to be top five, and, and he was yeah. on pace for something special last year. But yeah, it reminds me of Michael Carter in New York on the New York Jets. 
Michael Carter showed something really special his rookie year, but he was just not on a good team. And then they get Brees Hall. And I remember when we were talking about Brees Hall and Michael Carter, and you're talking about the combine grade and whatever it is where he was like 99% uh, the greatest football player of all time. For Brees Hall and and I, I I started to feel like that wasn't that wasn't it because Michael Carter looks so good and you said something that has still stuck with me you texted back yeah Michael Carter may be good but they still drafted Brees Hall and mm-hmm. that is I think maybe what has happened coincidentally Michael Carter and Javante Williams both went to UNC mm-hmm. maybe. This is just this effect that has happened. I think Javante Williams might have lost, not totally, it might be a tandem, it might be three-headed backfield, but what I see from Jaleel McLaughlin's stat line, more than him being for real, is Javante Williams is a fluke for fantasy this season. Yeah, it feels that way for sure. It definitely does. That is hard to say. To say the least, yeah. George Pickens, 26.6 fantasy points, six catches for 100 yards. For Sorry, six catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, fluke, I think. I, I, I know he can do this again, but it's just like what happens when Deontay Johnson is back. Right. Like, I know Pickens is good, but – yeah. And I have Pickens, and I think like two leagues, and even after seeing this, who intentionally drafted him, thinking, yeah, this can happen, even I'm still like, I I don't know if I just roll him out again. It, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. matchup circumstances. It's gonna be yeah. different when Deontay Johnson's back, who could be back next week or the week after that. We don't really know the timeline still, but he's yeah. It's it's around that time when he's supposed to be back. I mean, heard his name a little bit, but I don't know. Maybe say fluke. Yeah, I think it's fluky, and and they've got a bye week this week, and then I think that's why Deontay went on IR is because they had an early bye week, and so I'm expecting Deontay Johnson back by week seven, and I just think yeah, I I think it's gonna be uh, I think Kenny Pickett is gonna end up trusting Deontay Johnson more, so I think I think that's where that's gonna go. But Pickens obviously has the big playability, had the long touchdown. That's what happened. Matt Canada was pissed off. I don't know if you saw that angle. That was hilarious. He's pissed <clears> off. Did you see this? Matt no. Canada, their offensive coordinator. I think Kenny Pickett checked the play at the line of scrimmage. So they called in a play. He got to the line, checked the play, saw Pickens was one-on-one, and took the shot. And I guess the play was designed to do something else because – the shot, you know, the shot in the box like down in the corner yeah. here where you see the, they th- that play is going on and Matt Canada is sitting there. And everyone in the background is going crazy when they score the touchdown. Matt Canada is just... <laughs> it's Dude, ridiculous. It, I don't know what's going on Steelers in, in fans hate Matt <laughs> they Canada. Hate Matt They're Canada so, so much. sick of him. I, can you imagine do, uh, that kind of play happening and you see Matt Canada again? Ups- oh, my he gosh. Is, People yeah, are like – Steelers fans are actually trying to get into Mike Tomlin's DMs and messages and say, fire Matt Canada. Like yeah, they, they, they cannot stand the him. 
Yeah. Fire wow. Canada is being chanted at the stadium. Who chants for a coordinator to get fired to get, at exactly. a stadium? Yeah. How bad do you have to that be? That is exactly. absurd. It's so bad. So bad. Thank you for sharing uh, Jordan, this. You're welcome. Jordan Addison, 18.4 fantasy points. For real, baby. He finally, I believe, is passing KJ Osborne on the depth chart. They ran the same amount of routes. They had the same amount of targets, but no, sorry, they ran the same amount of routes. They did not have the same amount of targets. Jordan Addison, 18.4 points, six for 64 and a touchdown. If Justin Jefferson is not playing this upcoming week, Jordan Addison could be in for a big one. Whenever Mm. Jefferson went out, that game was close. Game on the line, one score game. Kirk Cousins was looking at Jordan Addison towards the end of that game. So that's what, that's yeah. what that was at. Justin Jefferson's on the sideline. Who do you go to when you don't have Jefferson? It's Jordan Addison. Looks pretty good there. That's for real. Desmond Ritter, 21.2 fantasy points. Fluke, fluke, fluke. Fluke, fluke, Do it again, mofo. <laughs> Oh, no way. Yeah, there you go. Fluke, there you go. Hey, and then let's start with some tight ends because there's tight end Kyle Pitts, 15.7 fantasy points, 11 targets. All right, what are we doing here? (laughs) No way. No way, man. I I don't don't know if you can have confidence rolling Kyle Pitts back out into your lineup. So good luck. Do it. Both of you guys do it again. And then we'll <laughs> then we'll seriously talk about it. There you go. Dalton Schultz. Hey, he showed up to play football, I guess. Seven catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Fluke. fluke. That's a fluke. There you go. Fluke. And then Darren Waller. 16.6 fantasy points. Best game of the season. Hold on. Yep. If Tyrod Taylor plays next week, Roll Darren Waller out. <laughs> That's what I think. Just absolutely start I him. I think so. I think so. Waller was having a decent game with Daniel Jones. 16.6 from a tight end is great. You feel great about that. Maybe this was the confidence boost. Maybe practice this week was just Dable with a with a megaphone in Daniel Jones's ear going, Waller! Yeah. Waller. <laughs> Waller. Darren. 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 I don't know. I don't know if that's what that was. <laughs> but I hope if I had to guess, it was something like that. Because there you oh go. Eleven God. targets for Darren Waller, eight for eighty-six. He he ended up there was a there was a shot to the end zone where he could have brought in like a 30-yard touchdown too that would have made the week just fantastic. Couldn't haul yeah. it in. But the shot was there. And so uh, it, it's exciting to see. It looks like he is he is maybe going to be it's a little rolling. more featured in this offense. Let's keep rolling him out. I feel good about it. So there you go. Let's jump into some of the bad here because we have just a few names to break down. Jonathan Taylor, we already talked about it. This is a fluke with 4.4 points. He only played 15% of snaps. He's going to be more involved as time goes on. They did not pay him to play him for 15% of snaps. There you go. That's that. So fluke. Devontae Smith. One catch for six yards. It's a fluke. But but I'm about one game away from, from saying it might be for real. 
it's it's surprising to me. Obviously, you know, and all you trollers that were with us in the offseason know how high I was on Devonta Smith. I thought this was going to be such an incredible season for him. And it still can. The season's still young. He could get rolling. And he did last year, towards the end of the year. At the end of the season, he was destroying all people in fantasy. I lost yep. in the in the semi semifinals because of Devonta Smith against yep. the Cowboys. He destroyed. So it's still possible that he's going to find that step. But I I'm a little surprised how much attention is going to AJ Brown compared to how little is going to Devonta Smith. So I'm with you. Yeah. It, it's an, another game like this where he's starting to look very touchdown dependent. Starting yeah. to look like a Gabe Davis almost. It's I know he's better. Be I know he's going to be great. But... He's very talented. Obviously, he won the Heisman Trophy in college. It's not a size thing. It's just I'm wondering how impactful that conversation on the sideline against the Vikings may have actually Dude, been. Dude, what, what is because with that? that may have... I'll just stat here real quick. Since, since week three, so week two was that game against Minnesota. Since week three. A.J. Brown, 35 targets. Devontae Smith, 19 targets. Yeah. A.J. Brown, 433 yards. Devontae Smith, 112. A.J. Brown, two touchdowns. Devontae Smith, no touchdowns. It is... I don't know what was said. And I know they were like, oh, no, it wasn't about his involvement. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Yeah. Let's keep saying that. AJ, yeah. AJ Brown is, is, we were worried after a couple weeks, but AJ Brown is the guy that we drafted in the first round. He was, AJ Brown was my first round pick in fantasy this year in our league, West, because I, I was a believer. And, uh, and he is doing it over the last three weeks nine for 131 on 14 targets, nine for 175 and two touchdowns on 13 targets. Six for 127 on eight targets. He is definitely the the go-to in the passing game still, and and it looks to be that way. So we need to see what happens in another week with Devontae Smith because we both love him. We both think he's a tremendous yep. talent. And uh, But if he's not getting the football thrown his way, I don't know how much more we can do. So something to monitor there as we go into week six. Miles Sanders, 1.2 fantasy points, seven carries for 32 yards. He has a fumble. Tough matchup. He was somebody that I was actually benching where I could because I knew the Lions had a good run defense. But I think this groin injury that he's supposedly fine from is not something he's so much fine from. Chuba Hubbard is getting work and is seeming to get more work and will continue to get more work than Miles Sanders, I think, until this groin injury goes away. I mean, I know they said he was fully healthy, but maybe it was just a bad week, bad matchup. But it's definitely a timeshare here, and Miles Sanders is not what we hoped he would be. So 1.2 is probably a fluke, but he's probably a touchdown-dependent flex play at this point. You were higher on him than I was in the offseason, so for me, I'm willing to say yeah. this is for real, but it, it's, it'll definitely be matchup-dependent for Miles Sanders going forward. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Jameson Williams on the other side of the ball. First game back, 2.2 <laughs> fantasy points. Two catches on three targets for two yards. They had designed plays for him. They were there. Just didn't end up working out. There will be better days ahead, I'm, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking to roll him out 
next week just because I'm like, oh, he got his first game back under his belt. There you go. So going to have to wait and see on Jameson Williams. Derrick Henry, we already talked about Tajay Spears. Derrick Henry, this is looking like it's for real. We're going to have to see. Maybe he gets traded. Maybe he goes somewhere. But 9.2 is not great, especially when you drafted him where you drafted him at. Yeah, and, and I, I really think it, the the back injury is playing a big deal. Did you hear yeah. about that? Yeah, he's got a, a back injury for, uh, from yeah from carrying the team for the last five years. <laughs> Didn't he actually have a back injury though? He may have some kind of injury. I don't. I don't know if it's. I thought he actually had now, something this off season that was bad. And no, I was like, I, oh, you're bringing that back up. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, oh, okay. No, no, it's. He's literally. I think he's literally being worn down. I think he has been yeah. worn down to the bone, and he may still be a Hall of Famer. It doesn't affect what happens this season or not, but yeah. like they have used up the last few drops of Derrick Henry, and they can't win a game. I mean, they've won twice, but yeah, that's yeah. for real. That's for real. Kyron Williams, 7.7 fantasy points, 13 carries, 53 yards. He still played 86% of the snaps. He's still that guy. I think this is kind of fluky, but I will say only two targets, two catches for four yards. This could be because Cooper Cup is back. I'm not sure if if we, we saw, we went, okay, 2-2 out, we'll score a touchdown. Puka Nakua still had 20 fantasy points. Cooper Cup doesn't seem to be affecting those guys. I think potentially he's affecting the PPR value of Kyron Williams. I think that could be where we're at with this because there are guys that are able to get more open down the field now that Cooper Cup is back. There's less checkdowns having to happen, but I'm still rolling out Kyron Williams. He's got a great matchup this week against Arizona. I'm not worried about Kyron Williams. Maybe there was a little bit of the hip injury that like he didn't practice with last week, but they still were going to roll him out. He's still fine. He's playing over 80% of snaps. He's still the guy there. He's still good. So roll him out. But I think this was a fluke. Yeah. And, and just to add on to what their Super Bowl run looked like, uh, Cam Akers was doing well before his injury. And Daryl yeah. Henderson looked pretty good, too. I think Kyron Williams is better than both of those running backs. So I, I think this yeah. is going to be fine. I think we've we probably have already seen the best of Kyron Williams' fantasy performances now right. that Cooper Cup is back. But I don't feel concerned about this single-digit outing from Kyron Williams. I think he'll be fine. It's also different when you're playing against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Right. So not that a, also a, plays in effect. Yeah, not a lay-down defense. So there you go. That's But fluky for Kyron Williams this week. Garrett Wilson, 8.4 fantasy points. He seems to continue to be a touchdown-dependent play, uh, but I think he's too talented for you to not roll him out uh, unless you have much better options. So... It's disappointing. The, the Broncos defense, we thought yeah. maybe we had a really good opportunity here for Garrett Wilson to have a have a get-right game, for Zach Wilson to have a good game. Not so much. I think he's touchdown dependent. I, I, I feel okay that I – I mean, it was a risk, but I feel okay that I traded him away after week one when Rodgers went down. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. It's it's a little bit disappointing, especially it's, – it's a lot disappointing, especially with where we drafted him at this year. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to add. Just upsetting that we know why this is for real. Yeah. Uh, a couple of Cowboys here just to close it out against a really strong 49ers defense. Tony Pollard, 8.4 fantasy points, and C.D. Lamp, 8.9 fantasy points. For Tony Pollard, I believe this is a fluke. 
because Tony Pollard, we know, can be very good, and this was a very good defense. CeeDee Lamb, I'm a little worried because Dak Prescott looks like trash. We knew it coming into the year. We called it coming into the year. Dak Prescott was not very good. And we knew he wasn't very good, and we were worried about what was going to happen. And there was a reason now why Jake Ferguson is a known name in the fantasy football world. Because really, Dak Prescott needs a go-to. That's looking like it's Jake Ferguson. C.D. Lamb, is he's doing his best with what he's being given, but the Cowboys' offense doesn't look very good. If I'm being honest, and I think we, you, I think you said it best, Wes. We just we didn't see it because we were distracted by how good and dominant the Cowboys' defense was. We we think about the New England game, thirty-eight to three, and we're like, oh yeah, Cowboys steamrolled. And then you're like, oh, they had two defensive touchdowns. Yep. Tony Pollard didn't look very good. It wasn't a very good game for CeeDee Lamb either. Like it's what a well, wow. all right. Well, this team, this offense might not be very good. And I'm not going to say it, but the Chargers offense looks good. And uh, the Cowboys offense no longer does. So mm. we might see Kellen mm. Morgan a head coaching job in the next couple of years here. Because I don't know. It, 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 may be, it may be the scheme here, but the Cowboys offense just doesn't look good. So fluke for Tony Pollard, but flirting with for real for CeeDee Lamb, I think. I have nothing to add. I agree wholeheartedly, and it's 100% on Dak Prescott. In the fantasy yep. world, this is – I mean, I know I know you still believed – we both still believed in CeeDee Lamb to be top 15, but this was yep. why I bumped him out of my top 10 because I right. did not like the uh, – all of this. All of this. Yeah. That's it. Fluker for Everything real. Could come. <laughs> yeah. Fluker for real, wrapping up here. Let's jump into our waiver wires real fast and then do a quick Thursday night preview. Wes, take it away. I know you're excited. We've talked about it a little bit. But let's go for it. Okay. It's Josh Downs because I love you. No, but it really is Josh Downs because it's not just going to be this week, but it is this progression of how he has been with the Indianapolis Colts, but specifically for at least this week, possibly the next four with Gardner Minshew. Josh Downs looks great. He is playing great with both these quarterbacks because he's already played with Gardner Minshew because Anthony yeah. Richardson has already missed a lot of quarters of football. Josh Downs is fantastic, and let's just celebrate the fact that we talked about Josh Downs a couple weeks ago, and you pointed him out in the breakout idea, get him before you can, and he's still not heavily rostered, but if you did acquire Josh Downs when Noah said to, you're feeling good, I know I did. I also drafted him because I just like him this much. But Josh yeah. Downs is a fantastic option, especially if you're looking for bye week fill-ins, especially if you're disappointed by some of your players. I'm head over heels for Josh Downs, but there's legitimate reason for why he should be a waiver wire ad this week. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. There you go. Josh Downs. You Wes, you've got him. You drafted him in our uh in our dynasty league. Uh, and and now yep. you've got a guy that you can throw into your lineup. There you go. Like it's it's <sighs> Josh Downs is looking legit, especially with Gardner Minshew being the quarterback for the foreseeable future here with Anthony Richardson being out. I love it. Uh, my waiver out of the week is Roshan Johnson. Khalil Herbert is set to miss a few weeks here. 
Uh, and obviously, there's we we're waiting on news here from from James Conner to figure out if he was going to miss time. I think both of us could agree. Amari Di Mercado is is a guy that you definitely should have at your in in your waiver priority. I think he is he's definitely there. He's going to be a guy in this Cardinals offense. We've seen how they use James Conner. Amari Di Mercado scored against the Bengals. He seemed to be the bell cow whenever James Conner went out. He's a guy that's there. But Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert's set to miss a few weeks. And we've already seen Roshan Johnson be involved in this offense a little bit when it was terrible. And now the Bears might have figured something out. Roshan Johnson did have a concussion that he went out with on Thursday night. We don't know if he'll play this week, but I think Roshan Johnson is a guy that's worth having even for later in the year when Khalil Herbert does come back. So if he is available for you on your waiver wire, I think he is definitely worth adding and spending some fab on or using a waiver priority on because he he, he will be a guy at least for maybe not this week, but the next two or three weeks after that who could be a flex play in your lineup. And then afterwards, he has an opportunity to play a pivotal role in this offense, even with Khalil Herbert back. So Roshan Johnson is my top waiver ad. He's just at the top of my priority this week. I'm excited about Roshan Johnson. I would argue that I would rather take Roshan Johnson than any other running back in in the waiver wire pool. Over, I, uh, we, over Amari? Yeah, just because we we know what we're getting with Roshan Johnson. Sure. And yeah. it's the same thing with, like, with Jerome Ford. Like, we know he already has proven that he can be a solid running back for the Browns in place of Nick Chubb. Sure. So it was such an obvious choice then. And he's done well. And that's not a surprise to me. It wasn't a great game in week four. They had their bye, Browns had their bye week last week. It wasn't solid, but it was still fine, especially for a backup. Roshan mm-hmm. Johnson, I know, will do well. And yeah. especially because I heard his name in the Bears training camp. I heard his name often. I yeah. did not heal, hear I did not hear Khalil Herbert's name as much as Roshan Johnson's. There are right. truthers for Roshan. There are people that were saying that Roshan would take over the backfield. So yeah. I actually think he is a better waiver wire option than Amari Dicomito. Mark <laughs> Mendo. I That's don't good. know if he'll ever know how to pronounce his last name. I yeah. hope I hope he no, I, I hope he is so good that like Devon A. Chan, he announces how to pronounce his name. So yeah, that'll be go. fun. Yeah. Last piece on Roshan here is that for anybody who was worried that maybe Deontay Foreman could come in in place of Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman had been getting has been a healthy scratch on this team the entire year. And now he will play because Khalil Herbert is out, but he will not he will not take over the bulk work. He, he, he's not in line for that. So Roshan Johnson is definitely going to be the guy. That's it for waiver wire. Let's jump into real quick a Thursday Night Football preview, Broncos versus Chiefs. It's going to be a fun one here. Must starts, risky starts, and don't starts. My must start is Patrick Mahomes. What? How can this be? Listen, I I get that it sounds crazy, but there are legitimately people wondering if Patrick Mahomes is worth the draft pick. We had a guy in our home league, Wes, that was like, I'm going to start freaking Jared Goff over Patrick Mahomes next week. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, it, and it's, I, I'm here to tell you, at least for this week, 
express your confidence in the best quarterback to play the game. Patrick Mahomes is going up against a very poor Denver Broncos defense, and it should be a bloodbath and definitely not the good kind. That's for sure. Patrick Mahomes is going to have a very good game. I'm just, I'm just, I'm out here expressing confidence in Patrick Mahomes after two straight weeks of less than 20 fantasy points. I understand you're disappointed. Don't do something dumb like start Jared Goff over Patrick Mahomes this week, guys. Mahomes has a great matchup. It should be a fun game. Even without Travis Kelsey, they still are able to have an effective offense here. Some guys we'll talk about here in just a little bit who can help do that. But Patrick Mahomes is a must-start. I mean, it, duh. Start Patrick uh, Mahomes. I, That's it. I, I, I knew it was going to be something like this because as we do for this show, we just exchange our Thursday night starters. And you clarified, yes, I actually have a reason – to express why people should start Mahomes instead of yeah. whoever they may have also. And I knew it was going to be about this as well because it feels like he's not quite meeting his projections. Right. It feels like he's projected for like 25 points and he's like getting like 23 or 22. And then some weeks he's projected like 27 and it's like, eh, again, like 20 or 21. He's still doing well. But the yeah. bar is so high for Patrick Mahomes that honestly people are contemplating selling high. Like what if I swapped yeah. – if I swapped Mahomes out and I got, I don't know, Tyreek Hill or, or Justin Jefferson. Like try to get the best of the best with Mahomes. So it's so funny that that people this, – this is how we think of fantasy football. Like – why would we ne- why would we ever not start Patrick Mahomes? It's because yeah. he's not get he has yet to get like 35 points and for right. us he's that's like a big game. Disappointing, but right. but it's yeah. also been a different receiving room. It's also been a little a bit uh Travis Kelsey's been a little banged up too, so I understand why the points aren't as big, but yeah. Just keep rolling them out. Keep playing the best p- football player in the NFL. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a different offense that we've seen, and that rolls into your must-start, Wes, because you've got a guy here on the Chiefs offense we got to talk about that you're saying keep him in your lineup for Thursday night, and it is? Isaiah Pacheco. Roll him out. Keep starting him. Uh, the amount of carries he is getting as yeah. a Chiefs running back is solidifying. I mean, it's, it's almost the kind of workload when you think back to – Early Kareem Hunt days, or if you go even further back, it's like Jamal Charles. Uh, I don't think Isaiah Pacheco is quite as great as Jamal Charles was because he was incredible, but Pacheco is getting the workload, and there is no confusion or competition as to who is the starting running back. Jarek McKinnon had an interesting, exciting playoff run for fantasy last year, but that was almost exclusively through the passing game let's just remember for anyone else that needs any bit of uh, reassurance here the broncos let running backs run (laughs) all over them we've seen it for three straight weeks so please start pacheco and watch him steamroll the broncos 
Yeah, 100%. He's the RB12 right now, in case anyone didn't realize that. I don't think I wow. realized he was that high. I didn't either. Thank He's you. He's the RB12 right now. Scored touchdowns in three straight games. I think this Chiefs offense is realizing they need to be scoring points in different ways sometimes, and they're allowing the ground game to do that. And he's getting a legitimate amount of carries. He's getting touchdowns. He's getting work at the goal line. He's breaking off touchdowns. And Khalil Herbert and Raheem Mostert and Devon Achen and Brees Hall all just went nuclear against them. So yep. there you go. Sam Pacheco should have a great game here. Also, just something I saw someone talking about, um, Isaiah Pacheco plays the Broncos twice in the next three weeks. So maybe he's a trade target right now. If you want to get a running oh back in gosh. your lineup, who's going to go crazy for you? I saw somebody on TikTok talking about that. It was pretty funny. Um, my risky start for Thursday Night Football is Rashi Rice. I know we don't like to talk about other pass catchers outside of Travis Kelsey in this Chiefs offense, but Rashi Rice drafted highly as a rookie in this past year's draft. Five-plus targets in four or five games this year. I know five targets isn't a ton. It's not 11 for like DeAndre Hopkins. It's not 19 for Jamar Chase. But five-plus targets when you are in competition with Travis Kelsey for targets in an offense is pretty good. Rashi Rice also has double-digit fantasy points in three of his five games this year. He is the leading wide receiver on the team. Sky Moore, non-existent. Kadari Sony, non-existent. Justin Watson is the main competition with Rashi Rice for yards, targets, looks, stuff like that. He's a risky start either way. Broncos defense is bad. Rashi Rice should have a have a solid game either way. But if Travis Kelsey does not play, he could be in for actually a really special day. We remember in week one when there was no Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice scores his touchdown. Now he's got four more games under his belt, more experience, more connection with Patrick Mahomes. Rashi Rice could be a very solid option. He's a consideration for me in a league this week for a flex player. I'm thinking about rolling him out here, especially if there's no Travis Kelsey. So Rashi Rice, risky start, could go either way, but I, I think he could have a decent game on Thursday night. And he scored Mahomes' first passing touchdown of the season, right? On Thursday night against the Lions. Correct. That was the yeah. week one, and and it was a head-turner for us right away. It was like, oh, yeah. Oh, were, were we were we not were we not right on Rice? I mean, feels like maybe some of the other players, and then it turned out to be what it is. But there's right. there's something to be said about being able to identify the best wide receiver on the Chiefs' offense right now. That that is yeah. huge because that was our whole point going into the season. Our very first regular season episode was about how untrustworthy and dangerous it is to play a Chiefs wide receiver because we can't tell who it's going to be. It does feel like Rashi Rice is emerging as the most reliable and, uh, and it it, it will, time will tell. That's what I'll say. Time will tell if he will be a consistent flex option, but it's much easier to roll him out against the Broncos defense that just, Oh, they are so kind to offenses. They roll out the red yeah. carpet. They're like, oh, the end yeah. zone's this way. Please. Here you go. I'll run yeah. with you. Be our guest. Yeah. So sorry, Broncos uh, fans. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Time will tell. We'll have to wait and see. And and again, I think that also relates to 
your risky start, Wes, because he's on the other side of the ball here, but he's definitely worth talking about. Yes, I'm going to say that it's a risky start to plug in Jaleel McLaughlin. He's done well last two weeks. We just talked about him and Fluker for real. And we are both under the impression that it feels like he is more or less going to be the featured back for Denver. And he is playing successfully and his yards per carry is looking really good. And he's doing great in the receiving game as well. Uh, the running backs over the last since since week two, running backs against the Kansas City Chiefs are not doing very well. They do not do well. Week three, Travis Etienne, 6.2 points. Week four, Khalil Herbert, three and a half points. Or that was that was week two. Etienne was week two. Khalil Herbert's week three. Brees Hall, week four, 9.9 points. And then last week, week five, Alexander Madison, 12.6 points. That's the best since week one. They've buckled down. They saw what David Montgomery did to them, and they said, never mind. And they've won every game since. Yeah, And I don't know if I trust Jaleel McLaughlin, especially when you have Samaji Pirine and Javante Williams who have opportunities to share the backfield or to take away snap percentages. So it's a, it is a risk. I know he's been playing well, but Chief Stevens has been surprisingly stout in the run game. So that's why he's my risky start. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's funny and ironic that we'd say, you know, since week two, Running backs against the Chiefs, not been very good. What happened in week? Oh, that's right. In week two, they paid Chris Jones and he came back to play football for them. Yeah. So there, so there you oh, go. Oh, what the a Chiefs coincidence. Is legit. Yeah. <laughs> Chiefs defense is legit. The run game is, the run defense is legit. And they're, they're a good team. They're, they're, I believe they are ranked 13th against the run. Uh, not great, but also uh, still uh, not a bad run defense by any means. So we'll definitely have to wait and see Angelo McLaughlin. That's for sure. My don't start is his teammate, Marvin Mims. I'm going to say don't start Marvin Mims. I know you may be in a desperate spot. You may need a ceiling play. Marvin Mims is not involved in this offense. He's yet to play more than 35% of snaps, even though it seems like whenever he is touching the ball, he does good things with it. He, he returned a punt for a touchdown against the Miami Dolphins. He had a long touchdown in, uh, in week three and – another long Hail Mary play in week three against the commanders. And then this week they let him touch the ball on like a reverse end around play. And he was like, Oh, here you go. And then he tried to hand it off to somebody and he just fumbled it away. So I think Sean Payton is an emotional coach and I don't think he's going to involve him much in this game. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe after that fumble, we saw a different uh, kick returner or punt returner for the Broncos. Uh, after they're doing that, as Mims has been their key return man. So don't start Marvin Mims. I, I, there's not much to it. It's just I, I, he's not worth it yet until he starts to get more snaps. So not worth it yet. Keep him on the bench. Yeah, and and, and do you think it's it's worth dropping Marvin Mims in exchange for someone on the waiver wire, or do you want to hold him out longer? Um, if you have to, yeah, but I, I, I do see the path to Marvin Mims being a legitimate weapon on this offense, especially as we might be hearing some more trade rumors heating up about Jerry Judy, maybe Cortland Sutton. Uh, Marvin Mims was still Sean Payton's first draft pick for the Denver Broncos as their head coach. He traded That's up true. to get Marvin Mims. 
he's still going to be good. He may be better later in the season. So if you have a space to stash him, I would stash him. But if you got to drop him for somebody, like if, if there's an opportunity out there for you to get somebody uh, that shouldn't be out there, maybe Tajay Spears, maybe Roshan Johnson, Josh Downs, whatever it may be, guys that you need immediate value from, you can drop Marvin Mims. I, I think I don't think with how he's playing, anyone is quick to jump to get him again. So you may be able to pick up Josh Downs, and then four weeks later, somebody else may be droppable on your team, and you can grab Marvin Mims back. So I think I think it's just it's a wait and see thing with him. But um, fair enough, he's not involved right now. So. Let's jump into the last don't start here, Wes. It is Noah. Yeah. Not you. Noah, Noah Gray, the backup tight end for the Chiefs. The tight end that plays when Travis Kelsey doesn't play. And if Travis Kelsey is ruled out for Thursday night, I don't care. I don't care about Noah Gray. Patrick Mahomes does not throw to the tight end. He throws to Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end. He's the best playmaker in the whole team. And I was going to say in the whole NFL, but you can argue a lot of other players are better than him. But he's one of the best players in the NFL. Mahomes doesn't throw to the tight end. Noah Gray is not as good as Travis Kelsey. Don't you? You should have learned your lesson from week one. That's not yeah. how this works. Don't start him. Don't start Noah Gray. Yeah, easy as that. It, it, it's it's more it's Travis Kelsey thing on tight end thing. Patrick Mahomes, believe it or not, is not Dak Prescott. The tight end does not automatically get targets. What in the in the Chiefs' offense? So are you kidding you me? Go. I know. Are you freaking serious, dude? Are you freaking serious, dude? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> haven't hit the gritty in a while. I know. Oh. There you go. Yeah, nice. Uh, listen, that's going to do it for the episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let us know what you're going to do here with the Colts running back situation. What's going to happen? Let us know who you're going for on the waiver wire. Drop it in the comments below. Make Tuddy the trial. Make Tuddy the trial. This is the second time Send I've done Tuddy this. Send Tuddy the trial. Season. <laughs> put him on trial make Tony the Troll smile by hitting the subscribe button ringing that bell leaving a comment following us on our social medias make sure you join us on Friday for Thursday Night Football Recap and we're going to give you our studs and duds it's going to be a fun time I'm Noah Selby and I'm Wes Selby and this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy 4th and Troll Fantasy is a production of FQ Media and Selby Artistic Workshop Thank you.